You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I am Heather Caro, and I'm broadcasting today from St. Lambert Parish here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Another beautiful fall day here in South Dakota. Hope everybody else is having a great day like I am. Moving right along, I want to get into this last interview because I'm totally fascinated to hear what Father Kazel has to say on it. Father Kazel, thank you for joining us this morning. You're welcome. Great to be with you, Heather, and with all the listeners of Real Presence Radio. And we're familiar with your voice, and so I'm kind of excited to have you on as a guest so that we can um, kind of hear more of your thoughts. But today, um, especially Mary's message at Fatima, today is a very special day, uh, the day the sun danced. Um, So we're going to talk about socialism. So let's start there. Can you talk a little bit about the Catholic Church's social doctrine? Uh, Good question, Heather. Yes, today. The Catholic Church's social doctrine has always been in place by the Church, and basically, fundamentally, is about the dignity of each and every individual human person. Each person is made in the image and likeness of God, with an eternal plan given by God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, an eternal purpose that is filled with dignity because it is a gift from God. And the outcome of each individual life, uh, with that profound and eternal meaning bestowed by God as a gift, uh, is to be known and honored and revered or, you know, given reverence. And the, the social teaching of the Church hinges on the dignity of each individual human person. And the, the Church has made great efforts, especially in the last, oh, 120 years or so, going back mainly to Centesimus Anus, uh, written um, by, uh, oh, excuse me, that one was written by John Paul II. I'm thinking of Rerum Novarum, uh, which was written by Pope Leo XIII uh, and released in 1891, which was primarily uh, reiterating the dignity of the human person is primary, and government structures and uh, social movements need to honor and reverence the uh, dignity of each and every human person. Uh, in our Church teaching, the, the main themes of social teaching revolve around, revolve around seven main themes. Uh, first, as one I've mentioned, and the primary, life and dignity of the human person, and then the rest, the rest of the six parts, uh, go around how this human person uh, expresses each individual, uh, the life and dignity of each individual human person. So, call to honor and reverence family life, and the role of each person forming a community, including parish life and the expression of religious love for God, and then participation in cities and community activities and contributing to the, the national welfare and the common good. Uh, mm-hmm. Furthermore, there are rights and responsibilities that protect not only the dignity, but also the, the personal freedom uh, to express faith in God, and the personal freedom then out of love for the name of God and religious belief to express that love in relationships with others in family life and in community life. Uh, at the heart of that expression is the Church's teaching the necessity to have an option for the poor, caring for those who do not have uh, resources in this world, caring for those who also do lack knowledge and understanding of God himself. So it happens, uh, not a coincidence, but it happens naturally and normally that when we care for the poor, people look at that and experience that and see there's something motivating persons who care for the poor in this way. What is that? And that, that example and that deliberate reverence for the dignity of the human person, especially in the poor, becomes an inspiration to search for God and a desire for God, because that, 
that is a particularly uh, expression of discipleship with Jesus. Uh, furthermore, Sushiwero uh, Navarum and following encyclicals from subsequent popes, uh, beginning with Leo XIII, talk about the dignity of the worker and the rights of workers to have a just wage, to also have just uh, working conditions, so that we understand people as well as workers are not merely a commodity to mm-hmm. support profit for all ends or supporting some sort of governance structure as a governance structure to be an end in itself or you know, making people a commodity for governance rather than the governance serving the people. Uh, then there is this sense of solidarity uh, that we are all in this together to seek God, to love God, and understanding the nature of the human person made an image likeness of God. Uh, therefore, we resist uh, racism, we resist any ethnic uh, uh, prejudice, uh, we seek to have an economic support that's sufficient for everyone, and we seek to work and uh, to promote the truth found in Jesus Christ, so that His love overcomes all different forms of thinking, so that it is His mind and the ideas that we have shared through Revelation, Scripture and Tradition, shared with us by the Holy Spirit, that overcomes uh, all the variant thoughts that we find of different peoples and uh, backgrounds all throughout the world. And then lastly, uh, but not perhaps not the least important, all these are very important, is the mm-hmm. care for God's creation, the care for... We, we are created by God, human persons. We care for our brothers and sisters in the human family. We also care for the world. We care that this this world is made by God for purposes and designs uh, with which He has shared it. So we, we cannot simply ignore our responsibility in caring for the gift of the world. So those are the basic essence of the teachings uh, on the social teaching of the Church. Well, I find it interesting because, you know, the seven teachings of social justice within the Church you know, they were written down at some point, like you said, but they have always been part of the church. And you think back to the Old Testament and the issues that they were dealing with slavery and let my people go. You know, these kinds of things have always existed. Um, so in the modern day, we were talking about Fatima. So that was about 100 years ago. <laughs> so we're still dealing mm-hmm. with some of kind of the same things. And I want to unwrap Fatima a little bit more when we um, get back from our break. But I also wanted to talk about, you know, social teaching versus socialism. Because socialism is being said a lot in the media today. Can you kind of unwrap that a little bit? Um, what as a Catholic Church, we're looking at socialism is? Yes. Socialism as a form of government, the main issue is that socialism has come out of really atheistic communism, Marxist communism. Mm -hmm. Uh, The flaws of socialism is that it seeks to attack the dignity of the human person and the right of each person to have private property. So this is very important because the net effect of that is that socialism seeks to establish a government structure that robs each individual person of their uh, possibility of loving God individually and personally and having the ability to have property or a means to support and manifest that freedom to know and love God. So the, the, the freedom that God has given us is for the sake of knowing Him, loving Him, and sharing love that we receive from Him with others, and to do so freely in a religious context, all for the name of Jesus. And then secondly, uh, that private property provides a kind of means uh, for that to happen. Uh, so when, when, of course, if we don't have property, say, for materially poor, we can still love God from our heart. But if we uh, have faith and we're loving God and 
exercising freedom and we have some means, we then can share that with others even in greater ways. Because hmm. I think, um, you know, you, you hear the social teachings and then you hear socialism and, you, and it gets kind of confusing. And so um, why do you think people get that so confused? Well, I think it's simply because of the, the same name. The, the Catholic mm. teaching of social teaching, they're using the same word social. It, it Really, social refers to how our relationships are among us. Uh, and the, the, the Catholic teaching first looks at our relationship with God, which is always, uh, there is an individual and interior aspect, but it is also always expressed publicly. You think of the, the various saints, they were known widely, oftentimes, and even those that were cloistered, like St. Teresa of Lisieux, only known by a few people, but now she's known by millions. So there's right. a social aspect to following God and being His disciple that is unavoidable. Uh, and then, uh, secondly, socialism, really, they hijacked They've hijacked this term, in a sense, that mm, uh, creating mm-hmm. a, so, a way of interacting with government and with one another that departs from the governance of God. And that's really what it's about, is that government is meant to serve the good of God and the good of the people over whom it expresses a form of authority. Uh, whereas atheistic socialism, in this sense, where it's confusing, this form mm-hmm. of socialism, taking that word, departs from, does not consider... Uh, the good of God and what God wants, nor does it consider the good, the true good of relationship between people and government and government and people. It exceeds it to a set up a false construct, not rooted in truth, to express a kind of authority uh, that leads to misery and unhappiness. So that's, that's why I think they use the same word, but mm-hmm. they just are going to have it be defined and expressed in a different way than what God wants. That's the problem. Right. Because there is a difference, you know, to take care of one of each other, to take care of each other, but also, when do you cross that line, and how do you know you've crossed that line? Well, good question. The main thing is that with everything that God has created, it has a purpose, and our human relationships all have a purpose, and it's found in the dignity of the human person being loved by God and having the opportunity to freely love God back. You know, Heather, we're most human. We're most expressing our true human nature— when we love God, and we receive His love in a lo- relationship of love, and from that fruitfulness of personal love for God in faith, that then we love each other around us, and we express that love. We're, we're most naturally human in that relationship of love with God and loving one another for His sake. So socialism, then, it does not consider the soul's right to receive God's love and to love God back, and it wants, as a, as a system, it wants to break down the possibility of motivation, loving God, and then loving those around. And instead, the soul is, in, in atheistic socialism, the soul is to love the state and to preserve the, the existence of an atheistic state. It sets the government up as its own kind of false idol. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we're talking to Father Randall Kazel this morning from the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to discuss more about socialism, and we're going to talk a little bit about Fatima. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this message. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Uh, I remember even during that time, and, and this was uh, during the beginning years of John Paul II's pontificate, 
And whenever I heard him on TV, because he was always in the news, especially his travels in Eastern Europe, Poland and all, I, I would hear the things that would come out of his mouth and I would go, there's no way this person is not close closer to God than I am. Mm. Uh, you know. So I always had this sort of secret respect for, uh, for John Paul II. Of course, I never said this to any of my <laughs> brethren friends. You, know? you wouldn't dare. No, of course not. But I, 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 I don't mean to disparage them because they taught me to love the scripture. And interestingly enough, even though they, they do not believe in the real presence of Christ in the sacrament, they had communion every Sunday. And so they really taught me to love the Lord's Supper uh, and to love the scriptures. And so I'm really thankful to them for that. If you are experiencing depression, anxiety, or suffering, especially from grieving, how can you find healing? I'm Father Chris Alar. While you should first seek professional help when needed, there is a roadmap that can help you to live your life again, and it is called the Spiritual Principles of Divine Mercy. First, come to admit that you are powerless over the loss of your loved one. Second, come to trust that Jesus can restore your life to manageability. And third, make the decision to entrust your will, your life, and your loved one to the loving care and protection of God. Join us and learn more about how to apply these healing principles in your life. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll, and I'm broadcasting today from St. Lambert's Parish in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We're discussing with Father Randall Kazel uh, socialism, and it's been a fascinating and interesting uh, discussion so far. And before we went to break, I wanted to discuss a little bit about Fatima. And Fatima was 100 years ago. So how is that still relevant today? What was the message back then, Father? Well, as Divine Providence provides, today is the 103rd anniversary of the great miracle of the sun at Fatima. Our Blessed Mother promised, uh, beginning uh, through the apparitions, the first one was May 13th, 1917. In the course of the apparitions, our Blessed Mother promised to work a great miracle on October 13th, 1917, to give a revelation of the truth of what she came to accomplish and what she was speaking as a message to the human family through the shepherd children. And the the great miracle of the sun, witnessed by at least 70,000 people, is estimated it had been pouring rain that morning in Fatima, October 13, mm-hmm. 1917. And then Our Lady appeared with St. Joseph. St. Joseph blessed the children, blessed the world, his thought holding the child Jesus. And then the sun began to dance. And then the sun appeared to come to the earth, and it appeared that it was going to, in a sense, collide with that spot in the earth, uh, but it did not. Uh, the, the rays penetrated uh, and dried the people, dried the ground, and left a miracle. And there were people who converted instantly. There were people who were crying. There were people who were turning to God, praising Him. And there was a sense of a kind of holy fear, uh, recognition that God had given a sign at the request of our Blessed Mother, 
But backing up, you know, why did Our Lady come to Fatima? What was going on? Well, in the midst of that was the great World War One, and there was much prayer going on for an end to the violence. And Our Lady appeared to the children and, and basically gave the message that mankind was turning away from God and developing systems or promoting systems uh, of, of, of a culture or society uh, that would turn away from God and not based on the true meaning of the dignity of the human person, which is to know and love God, our Creator and Savior and Redeemer and Sanctifier, and, and to instead try to find happiness without God. Uh, of course, these were uh, demonically inspired ideas uh, with uh, atheistic communism and its relative atheistic socialism. Uh, as part of this revelation that our Lord gave to us, our, and our Blessed Mother gave to us through the shepherd children, Our Lady gave them the vision of, of hell on July 13, 1917. And as part of that revelation in July of 1917, our Blessed Mother said she wanted Russia to be consecrated to her Immaculate Heart, and then a communion of reparation on First Saturdays. Well, what is this about? What is this about regarding consecration of Russia? Is that Russia then had become communist just in that year? These ideas of atheistic communism were taking over Russia, and and then Our Lady then forecast that if mankind does not turn back from the formation of these systems that and governance that is contrary to God and His purposes for governance and the indignity of the human person, that a second and worse war would take place. And we know that that did come to pass. So it is about the role of governance in relationship with God and each individual person and the dignity of the human person that Our Lady came to Fatima. And so what Our Lady is doing in her heart, she is standing before God, giving her heart to God, and giving the great dignity of her heart in relationship with the speaker heart, who is our sacrifice for our mercy and our salvation. And Our Lady is interceding with all the love of her heart uh, that these ideas of atheistic communism and socialism uh, would be conquered in, in his heart and then in her heart. And she said, it's time, in the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. But she asked us to offer reparation for the sins of these ideas, this form of rebellion in collaboration with darkness, uh, in these ways, and so that the human family can be filled with the dignity that God wants. And each person, each person can then have the opportunity truly to come to know the love of God and respond in faith by loving God back, which is truly human, and then loving one another out of love for God. So Our Lady Fatima was that message sharing with us those uh, details and the way in which the human family is going to come through this. Right. Well, and I think, you know, even though communism was defeated in, in Russia, it's, it, it, it's amazing how it kind of is moving, the, the, the pandemic of it, I would venture to say. How does it look? Um, I think people don't like to look at the United States and socialism in the same sentence. How do you see socialism impacting the United States? Well, in our, in our country, there, there is, I think, mainly due to ignorance and diminished faith in Jesus, because uh, Jesus is, wants to be our, our king, our governor, in our own individual hearts, as well as through the life of church, our church, and the life of grace. So in our country, with the weakening of faith, that is, belief in the divinity of Jesus and his sole authority as the determiner of the meaning of human life and its purposes mm-hmm. and expression in everyday human life, as well as the determiner of the future, as the sole Lord of all, um, as people give up faith regarding following Jesus, 
other ideas creep in. So while communism mm-hmm. may have been, in a sense, outwardly conquered, say in Russia, or it, it, the ideas are still existent, and there are still countries in our world that are given over to that government system. Mm-hmm. So these systems are not compatible, these ideas are not compatible with faith in Jesus and the governance that we're meant to have beginning in faith, and then loving Him in relationship with Him and one another. So in our country, that, that those ideas uh, have gained some traction. There's these people that promote or want socialism, thinking that the government should take care of us, the government should provide for whatever we lack, uh, but, it, but it's not done that way, that the government is not meant to serve us in all that we lack, but instead uh, it, is, it is meant to facilitate our service of God and facilitate our service of one another in individual decisions, uh, decisions to believe in God, and therefore we do these acts of service. The government is meant to protect that opportunity of individuals to express faith, and then collectively the Society of God to perform those works of educating in the life of Christ and helping and serving the poor in His name, uh, not in the name of the of the government or in the name of any created entity, but in the name of God. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, you know, it's a good reminder on this anniversary of the day the sun danced uh, that Mary's message is still very relevant today. Yes, very much so, Heather. The, this message is playing out today right in our midst because these ideas were coming to the fore actually for some time before Our Lady Fatima come to the fore in human experience and in human acceptance, they're still among us. And the big thing that I would say, we need to pray the rosary. And that's what Our Lady said at Fatima. Mm-hmm. And we see these movements of praying the rosary all through our country. There's, there's going to be fruit that's going to come out of this. It's going to be beautiful. Pray the rosary from your heart. Beautiful. Father Randall Kazel, thank you so much for joining us this morning. You're welcome, Heather. Thanks for having me on. Yes, my pleasure. It was an interesting discussion. And I enjoyed it too. And may Our Lady of Fatima give us the the triumph of her heart. Amen. All right, folks. Well, that is the end of the show. It's hard to believe. That was a very quick two hours. We're going to have Therese up in Fargo is going to share with us what's going on the rest of the week on Real Presence Live. Yeah, thanks, Heather. So on our next Real Presence Live, that's tomorrow from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Host Father Brian Gross will be coming to you live from Epiphany Church in Watford City. He'll visit with Dr. Joseph Stewart about rethinking the Enlightenment. And why is ministry to college students important? We'll discuss this with Father Dominic Bauk from the University of Mary. And Dennis and Judy Miller will be on to talk about faith and farming. All that and much more will be coming up on the next Real Presence Live, Wednesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you, Heather. All right. Thanks, Therese, and thanks for running the board up there in Fargo. We appreciate it. I am Heather Carroll, and I've been broadcasting today from St. Lambert's Church here in Sioux Falls. If you've missed any of our great interviews, we had Paul Heiberger on talking about the Jericho Wall, men praying outside of Planned Parenthood. Then we went into Deacon Richard and Mary Helen Olson. Deacon Richard was just ordained on the 8th. And then we got to hear from two college students um, that were talking about a Bible study that they started. So inspired by that, loved that. Andrew Bartell and how he and his wife um, have generously given to the poor. And then Father Randall Kazel at the very end talking about socialism. All of these interviews are going to go 
up on our podcast uh, later today, maybe tomorrow. I don't know. I'd hate to put Eli under the pressure. But you can go and listen to each interview independently. I love how they separate them out so you can choose which one you want to listen to and hear about some of the great people in our area. And you can go to realpresenceradio.com or you can download our app and you can check out all of our podcasts on there. And it sounds like we have a great show coming up tomorrow. So we thank you for joining us today. Remember, Real Presence Live is now five days a week, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11. So thank you for joining me today. It has been a pleasure to come into your homes, workplaces, cars, earbuds, wherever you're listening thank you for tuning in and don't forget tomorrow we have another great lineup so thank you for joining us and we will be seeing you tomorrow god bless everyone have a great day This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.